Well, we're looking at a series on worship and prayer. And so far, we've looked at why worship, why prayer. Last week was the life of worship, and today we're looking at living prayer. And if you were here last week or have listened to the talk, I was speaking last week on the life of worship, but I was was focusing on the word life. And uh, living, of course, is a derivative of the word life and its meaning and shared some of the synonyms for life, such as breath, being, heart, soul, growth, activity, energy, enthusiasm, impulse, lifeblood, liveliness, vitality, and zest. And speaking about everything about our being, breathing, is life itself. And into this reality, Jesus reminds us from that passage in John 4 of the eternal truth that worshipping the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit needs to be at the centre of our lives and life, just as he created it to be. And the point is this, this is what our prayer life should be like also. Full of energy and enthusiasm, the lifeblood of our soul and heart journey, faith journey, the keeping the Lord company all the day long, active, vital, and alive. Can we be honest together for a moment? All of those synonyms, maybe they're not the kinds of words that we would uh, associate necessarily with our own prayer lives. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. When it comes to prayer meetings, would they be the kind of words that we would associate with such gatherings? I mean, how many of us here have ever turned up to a prayer meeting? And I kind of like, I don't even want to say this, but you've had the thought this is boring. <laughs> Anybody? Thank you for making me feel a lot better. This is lifeless. I would rather be somewhere else. So it's not just me. Okay, few. I don't know why, but for some reason, prayer and prayer meetings don't seem to excite and enthuse us in the way that we should. You know, advertise an island-wide worship evening with Jen Johnson, Brandon Lake, Elevation Worship, and people would come along in their droves. Advertise an island-wide prayer night with one of the sisters from the Evangelical Sisterhood of Mary, Darmstadt, Germany. And we all know the numbers would be less. You're thinking, who? And yet, I don't take anything away from the worship leaders I've mentioned Though relatively unknown, and I've read this book, these sisters in this book, and Alex gave it to me, he's been there, have seen the most incredible miracles and testimonies of answered prayer. Testimonies through a life of prayer that actually, if we turned up and listened to their teaching, it would radically transform our understanding and knowledge of God, as well as the way we worship and pray in spirit and truth. And I suppose the question is why? Why does popularity draw a greater attraction than perseverance? Why does a professional and polished worship band that we see online appeal to a greater audience than someone who's lived a life of prayer, praying online, gathering people together? And maybe more poignant to us is, Why do many people in their homes have worship music playing all the time and yet have very little time 
for prayer. There are probably many answers to those questions. But maybe one of the main ones is that for too long, the default position of prayer that we have is associated with liturgy and long sentences rather than living and lifestyle. Being alive to transform the atmosphere around us in prayer. For too long, praying has been conditioned to a set of words we speak rather than a lifestyle we live. And I know as individuals and as a church, we're changing in our responses to prayer. And I think this is a really good. I know many of you in your, your own homes and as life groups, you've, you've set up war rooms and war rooms of prayer is just being strategic about not only the things you're praying for, but the way that you're praying. Some of you are intercessors and you've been praying faithfully for years and years. I know all of that. But I know as well, certainly for myself, and I imagine for all of us, if not most of us, there is still so much for us to learn as we move forward. And here's the heart of it. Just as the Father is seeking a life of worship from us, in us and for us, as we saw last week in John 4, so he is seeking the same life of prayer. And that word prayer, prosukamai, it means both prayer and worship. He's seeking a prayer life that is all about a living relationship with the Father that covers all of our living, our moving and our being as Jesus demonstrated in his own life on earth. And how did he demonstrate this? Well, when we break down the four Gospels, we see that he did this clearly in two ways. The first way, by praying in the secret place and treasuring that time alone with the Father. And the second way, by praying with his friends, the disciples, in their homes, over dinner, as they walked, up the mountains, in the marketplace, treasuring that time together. Praying alone, praying together. Let me just look at those briefly. Praying in the secret place was so important to Jesus. It was like the epicenter of his prayer life. Mark 1.35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he, Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. Luke 6.12. Now it came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out to a mountain to pray and continued all night to pray to God. Matthew 14, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. You see, there's a pattern to his life. Prayer, prayer, and more prayer. Before every big event, whether it's appointing his disciples or calming the storm, Jesus spent time with the Father alone in prayer and afterwards as well. Alone with him in the presence of the Holy Spirit. No time was too short or too long. It was his life. And everything flowed out of this way of living. In Matthew 4, when we read of Jesus being led by the Spirit, he spent 40 days in the wilderness alone with the Father and the Holy Spirit. 40 days. I think we often misunderstand this time. This was 40 days to be strengthened and ready for the battle that lay ahead for him. Not to be weakened and vulnerable. 40 days to be strengthened and ready 
For when the prince of darkness would come against him to try and destroy his ministry, even before his ministry began, to smash his identity, to crush his value, to break into pieces the work that he was called to fulfill. And of course, Satan failed. But the secret place of prayer and worship in the wilderness fueled the strength and power that Jesus needed to prevail in his ministry. He consistently and he continually turned to this time of refuge and rest. And even under the cloud of trauma and rejection, just prior to the injustice and horror of his arrest, trial and crucifixion, Jesus spent precious moments with the Father. Matthew 26. Then Jesus came to them, a place called Gethsemane, and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. There was never a moment, day and night, when such a pattern was absent or neglected in his life. Jesus lived what he taught, and he taught what he lived. Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I think it's so important for us to grasp this revelation. This revelation of living prayer, which Jesus lived to the full. As he himself says in John 5, the son can do nothing of himself. Just pause there for a moment. This is the one who changed and transformed the world. Three years of ministry on earth changed the world as we know it. The son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, whatever he does, the son also does in like matter. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. I mean, how did Jesus see what the father was doing? By spending time with him alone. How did he know that he was loved on earth? By resting in the Father's arms of love, in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And I think the challenge for us is actually very simple and straightforward. And it's essentially to do with the time that we give and the positioning of our heart. I mean, how much time do we really spend with the Lord each day? How much time do we keep Him company through the day? What are our first thoughts? And our last. You know, it was only last weekend, uh, for the worship weekend, that we were praying that the eyes of our hearts, I was praying, the eyes of my heart and my physical eyes would really be open to see the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to see Him, to taste more of His kingdom. But I know, and I know we all know, this only comes out of that love relationship. It only grows when we spend time with the Father in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. If you don't have a secret place, make one. Find one. It can be a chair, a room, a tent, a place outside, a place you go to, a place you walk in, your car. 
but find one. You know, the thing about it is when you actually intentional make this chair, this room, your secret place, the moment you sit down, before anything is said, his presence is there. I have a little tent in my polytunnel and I don't actually care what anybody thinks. For me, it's a special place. Beanbag, I go into it with my Bible, sit down, his presence is already waiting. It's true. And if you're ever around, you can come and sit in the beanbag, on the beanbag, and you'll meet with God. Have a chair, have a room, but make space. And we can keep him company in the busiest of days. We can be with him and know his presence with us when we're frantically trying to get reports done, when we're in the classroom, when we're teaching, when pressure is upon us. We can know his presence with us every moment of the day. This is living prayer. Living prayer. The moment you need wisdom, Jesus, I need wisdom now. He gives it. The moment you need a discernment about a meeting you're about to have with a person, he releases it. You see, the secret place was the epicenter of living prayer for Jesus. And it needs to be the same for us. But you know the wonderful thing is, the overflow of this treasured time, we see the way Jesus prayed with his friends. Prayed in their homes. Prayed on the mountains. Prayed when they were on their phones. Prayed when they were using their iPads. Prayed when they were in conversation. Prayed when they were struggling. Prayed together. And I think one of the most beautiful examples is John 17. I don't have time to unpack this. The evening was late. The Passover meal had been shared. All the tension that was surrounding that evening. And Jesus breaks out in prayer for his friends. Father, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but I pray for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. Was it a boring prayer meeting? Absolutely not. Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, John recites every word. Did the disciples want to be elsewhere? Absent? Far from it. It was a powerful, prophetic, life-giving prayer meeting that transformed the atmosphere not only in that room, but in the rooms of many prayer meetings to come. You see, Jesus modeled how to pray together. And his friends caught on to this. And as we see in the New Testament, in Acts 13, for example, they were doing the very same. As they were releasing Paul and Barnabas to go for the work, they said, um, they pray together, they minister to the Lord. Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. That's what the Holy Spirit said. And having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. See, praying as friends and with friends is so important, especially as it flows out of the secret place. I think there have been times when I've prayed with friends that have literally saved my life. Just very briefly, there was a time in my mid-twenties, so just a few years ago, when uh, three friends, three of us, Mark, Steve and myself, would meet once a week. We did it for about five years. 
every Wednesday during term time, just gathered in a house. We'd pray, we'd worship. And on one particular occasion, I cycled to work on one particular occasion. We'd always pray for family. We'd always pray for what was going on in our lives. We'd pray for things in the world. We'd also pray for where God, we felt God was leading and calling us and uh, things like that. And, um, and pray protection. And I left that prayer meeting around about quarter to seven, got on my bike, um, just was filled with worship um, because of the things that we were sharing and praying about. And, uh, you know, I'd sing out my praise and uh, uh, the good old vineyard songs of the 1980s or 90s, I think it was. Um, and was cycling up a hill and a car behind me, unbeknown to me, uh, the lady in the car blacked out, put a foot on the accelerator and was heading straight for me. Um, the police said everything about this incident, I would have been taken out and probably killed um, by the speed that was going. What happened, the car hit just before hitting me, hit the curve, and a lamppost was there just at the right time to stop the impact going into me. The car flipped over, smoke and everything coming out, and uh, I, apart from glass hurtling towards me, um, I wasn't touched. I actually got to where the car was having got off my bike and the lady was unharmed. I helped her out of this car that had flipped completely over. And when the police arrived, it said, you know, where is the body? You know, and it said it was an absolute miracle that she wasn't killed and I wasn't killed. And a witness behind the car saw everything that had happened. I believe the prayers and the praise protected my life. Praying with friends. We never know what comes next. But it's so important. That's why we encourage life groups. If you're not in a life group, get in one. You can pray with friends. Meet together. It's something we want to encourage and grow. Praying in the secret place. Praying with friends. But how do we do this living prayer? How do we fuel a living prayer that is full of life, vitality? How does our prayers change and transform the atmosphere around us as we pray, whether it's alone or together as friends? Well, Paul, who learned from the early church, from the likes of Ananias and Barnabas, and modeled living prayer so well, he gives us four ways in this passage in Philippians 4. And I should say that we're going to be looking at these ways in much more detail as we we go through the rest of the series. So we're looking at pleading prayer. We're looking at authority prayer, praying with authority, seeing changes. We're looking at patient prayer, where we need to hang on, as well as persistent prayer, where we've got to keep banging on the door to get answers. But the four ways that he gives here are... There's four words, and I'm just going to really touch on them very quickly. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and requests. This is like your, uh, your first course in uh, how we do this stuff. And uh, the main course and dessert comes in a few weeks' time. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and requests. Prayer, the word is prosuke. It means worship and pray. How do we do this living prayer? We worship God and we pray. We pray and we worship. Worship and prayer goes together. Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he hears my voice. It's like in those few words, it sums up what this is about. I love you, Lord. It's given my heart, my adoration to him. 
You know, one of the first things we should do when we come into his presence in the secret place is lift our hearts to him in worship, in adoration. I love you, Lord. And I thank you that you hear my voice. I thank you that we have a relationship. I thank you that there is something in the company that we can keep where you hear my voice, I hear yours, and that's the relationship we have. Supplication. This is petitional prayer. Actually, the Greek word derives from binding oneself. You know, in Ecclesiastes, a cord of three cannot easily be broken. That lovely phrase of, or if you've kind of taken rope and you've tied it around, the strength that comes when cords are bound together. That's the supplication where it's tight, where things are in our hearts, you know, are on the Father's heart, and the things in His heart are, are bound with the things of ours. It's like the Lord gives us the delights of our heart. That's because we're bound together in Him, in our relationship. Thanksgiving, Eucharisto. We're going to be taking the Eucharist in a moment. Thanking God for who He is and what He's done. Oh my goodness. Even when life is hard, knowing the goodness of God is overflowing. And then requests. Keeping those things on our list that we want to ask for. We've talked about war rooms. And war rooms, like with actually war rooms in in battle they're strategic places and it's for us to be more strategic in our praying for our families for the places of work for our community so we need to be strategic this coming month with the elections coming up this island needs the right people to get in there's no question about that and strategic in the way that we pray and how we pray Matthew 7, 7, and I love the, the, the new living translation of this, is the, the asking you'll be given. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. And the promise in all of this living prayer is, as Paul says, verse 5, the Lord is at hand. And that phrase at hand, it literally means to squeeze. He is there to squeeze our hands and our hands in his to squeeze his. It's like a a, a picture of a father and a child about to cross the road. And you take hold of their hand and you just squeeze it tight. And you feel the little squeeze of their hands in yours. And it is that. Together. Held. That is the promise. The Lord is at hand holding us. And the presence is his peace. You see, when we create our secret place and pray as friends the presence of the Holy Spirit that is guaranteed in and through it all is his peace whatever is going on Paul says be anxious for nothing and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ living prayer is living in peace whatever is going on in our lives And I just want to finish with this. Let's encourage one another. I need you to encourage me as much as you need me to encourage you. There are so many things that can knock us off course, distract us, take our time and so on. But let's encourage one another with living prayer. Let's stir one another up. A prayer life in the secret place alone with the Father and a prayer life praying with friends and the house of prayer 
and the other things that we have, healing rooms and all the things that are going on, praying together as friends. And I know, and I'm learning, and I'm seeing, and I'm discovering, that as we do this, the atmosphere around us changes. It's transformed. And as we live prayer day by day, you're on the phone and someone tells you something, let me pray right now. You're in the supermarket and someone shares something. Come on, let's just come against that in the name of Jesus. As we live prayer, and by the way, when I do this, I don't think I have ever had anybody tell me not or to stop. Only once has someone said before I could get my words in, kind of like, well, you can pray about this kind of in your own time. But as, sorry? And that wasn't Judy. Oh, yeah, sorry, I was, of course, Judy, yeah. Only twice, no. <laughs> but you know what I mean? People are hungry to see God at work. People are longing to see the truth of who he is in their lives. Let's really live this, encourage one another and see the change in the atmosphere around us. Let's stand.